sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. And welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today, SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. If college football is your thing, guess what? The MAC is back tonight. We've got six games to play. Some of the best teams going against some of the worst teams in the MAC, unfortunately. Some big spreads, big lines. We'll get into all that as well. Uh, but of course, what we're doing right now, Joe, is we're monitoring the situation between San Francisco and Green Bay. We could be headed toward another COVID week here. We, I, I think we're pretty clear of that last week. But here we are again with the 49ers shutting down their facility. And it's very important for people in fantasy football. I think here's the big reminder, something that we haven't had to do this week, is that for some reason, if the game doesn't get played tomorrow night and you're an owner, let's say hypothetically, of Aaron Rodgers, and you're, I don't know, watching election coverage or doing whatever you do, and you forget <laughs> to take them out, mm. right? Like, you got to make sure you get your guys out of the lineup if they don't play on Thursday night because you're going to end that game's going to start. You're going to get a zero if they don't play that game. So, to me, that's the best advice. Pay attention tomorrow for sure. Yeah, and Nick Mullins is a quarterback. I'm sure some people were streaming this week, right? In certain leagues and deeper leagues, you're like, okay, well, Garoppolo's that. I'll stream Mullins, and you're going to lose him too, potentially. So in terms of fantasy assets, Ayuk was definitely on the way up. He has coming off a really good game there. Obviously, Devontae Adams is a huge loss for any team. I mean, could you imagine you have a healthy Devontae yeah. Adams, and now you can't play him this week after that game where he had a 50% target share? 50! I mean... That's just absurd. I mean, <laughs> wait till Benny and I talk about that a little later on this hour. We got kind of knee deep into that one. And we're going to break down what's going on with both of those teams, regardless of whether that game happens or not, because there's a lot of ramifications going on no matter what. If this game did come off or doesn't come off or gets moved to Monday, it doesn't matter because both these teams have some serious fantasy issues to discuss. But I'll tell you what, man, this is man, it's it's difficult because you, you, if you're the Packers, in a way, you kind of want this game not to happen because you want to be healthier because this is a really important game coming off that loss. And if you are the San Francisco 49ers, you're kind of like, well, maybe we can get this game postponed or moved or something like that. Maybe it's it's just so difficult to gauge right now. I don't know. At this point, we just kind of throw our hands up, but there's a lot of fantasy implications here from this game. And I think all we can say is that you better be prepared and hit that waiver wire tonight just to be sure, cover your bases because, as you said earlier in the first hour, you can't be sure. There is no certainty. Everything is fluid right now. Make sure you have preparations, not just B and C, but maybe you need in preparation H because that's what 2020 has done to us. Yeah, feels like that. Ouch. Uh, yeah, and, and for the Super Contest, too, this will be the first time a Thursday night game is in jeopardy here. So I don't know if they're going to have the game on oh, the board tonight. Right. I'm mean, very curious about that as well. All right, let's take a look at our headlines for today. 49ers are shutting down practice due to COVID-19. ESPN reported Kendrick Bourne is one of the players, unfortunately, that has tested positive. We'll see if it's a false positive. But if it is not, and he did test positive, then you're probably looking at two weeks of not having born. The MAC is back tonight, Western Kentucky, Ohio, Miami, Ohio, all on Wednesday night in a normal year in 2020. This is super exciting. They start playing on Tuesday nights and Wednesday nights because the World Series is over, but a very limited schedule. They're all going to play tonight in the Mid-Athletic Conference. Uh, Titans, they wave pass rusher Vic Beasley. Vic Beasley's known over the last year for being cut more than he is playing, honestly. The Falcons' Twitter ended up cutting him last year. That was so bizarre. You've never seen that one before, but Falcons basically 
announced that we've cut Vic Beasley. Strange. 49ers have waived Dante Pettis. He fumbled in the game last week. This, unfortunately, is a busted draft pick for San Francisco, but maybe he goes somewhere else and gets more of an opportunity. I wouldn't close the book completely on him. Tampa Bay is activating Antonio Brown for their upcoming game. By the way, Chris Godwin back at practice today, but wearing a cast, so unclear whether or not he's going to be able to play this week. Apparently, you can tape fingers together or something like that. Dr. Chow will talk about that coming up. But for right now, it's still early in the week. We'll have to decide. Wisconsin continues to have COVID issues. Their game against Purdue has been canceled, and they're not going to end up playing tonight, unfortunately. So, Joe, in the midst of everybody dialed into their TV and listening to the radio to see who's going to be the next president, I would invite people to watch a little college football tonight. These games can be downright wacky and wild in the MAC. You're going to have a lot of points, a lot of totals in the 50s, high 50s, and 60s. The games, sometimes you have a 15-point favorite losing outright. We've seen that in the past, too. And and the thing is, it's the first game of the season for the conference. So it's dangerous from a betting perspective. It's always fun, but it's dangerous because we really don't know who the good teams and bad teams are going to be. As an example, a month ago, if I would have told you one of the worst teams in college football, well, maybe not college football, one of the worst teams in the SEC, who's it going to be? Oh, LSU. You just said, what? LSU. Are you kidding me? <laughs> right. They won the championship. LSU's been horrible this year. So that's, that's the fun part and also the dicey part about betting these games. Yeah, it might be more fun to watch and get a, a handle on some of these teams first. And then who knows? Maybe you don't even have a handle after week one, too. I mean, look at the NFL, right? We thought after week one, okay, well, we have some data to go on. We have some, no, no, we don't. We never know. That That's that's what's very difficult. You need a bigger sample size. And unfortunately, this year, you're not going to have a long season in college football anywhere. So right. that becomes a real challenge. And uh, I would also say that everyone could use a break, I'm sure, from the electric coverage and watch a little football tonight. It would probably do all of America very good. Also, one note, too, I know yesterday was kind of a bummer in terms of the trade deadline, but this doesn't mean oh, anything yeah. for fantasy because of what happened, but it's just something to understand, too. Uh, the Pats and Dolphins made a trade. Isaiah Ford, wide receiver, slot guy. What I think it tells you is they're worried about Julian Edelman. So if you are somebody that has Julian Edelman right now on your team, you not you shouldn't be counting on him for the rest of the season. I think you should be really thinking about other plans and say, well, maybe if he gets healthy and maybe, maybe, maybe. I think you'd take those maybes. I know it's a little tiny move that kind of just floated around and nobody noticed it, but I think it's something to at least be aware of and understand that there's a lot of risk here going forward rest of the season if you have Edelman on your team. So judge accordingly, make some plans, hit the waiver wire, take a shot on Lazar, take a shot on somebody here, a haul somebody, and maybe you get somebody else who can play because that's a, that's a little tiny nugget that could mean something for your team. All right, so keep an eye out on that. I don't know that Ford will be a factor, but it could mean Edelman. That's a fair point for sure. All right, injuries are always a huge factor in our Fantasy Football Week. And coming up next, Dr. David Chow is going to join us, go through it all, and Benny Riccardi joins us. Go four downs with him. Stay on the grid. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. It's time for another big week in the NFL. Of course, we have a Thursday night game to get to. A lot of ramifications in that one. Who better to bring in, as we do every week, Dr. David Chow at Pro Football Doc. Read his column on OutKick, his podcast as well, breaking down every injury of every player in the NFL. Dr. Chow, great to be with you here on this Wednesday and time to break it all down again. How are you? I'm doing fine. Yourself? Doing very well, Dr. Chow. Let's start with Thursday night. Boy, we got some big news over the last 24, 48 hours. No Jamal Williams at running back for the Packers. A lot of fantasy owners were all salivating at the idea that they were going to have a chance to use Jamal Williams over the next few weeks. But, of course, he is out with COVID issues, contact tracing going on right now. They're going to be on the safe side there. A.J. Dillon, their first-round pick, not going to play. Aaron Jones doesn't look good either. So what a mess for the Packers at running back. Well, it's a mess on both sides of the football, right? I mean, I've been saying for a while, including on Sunday, that Aaron Jones uh, was unlikely to play with the calf. And when uh, when Jamal Williams was identified as a close contact, I was saying, well, if he becomes high risk, he's out. And so there are going to be a couple of people that are going to get introduced to the fantasy world there for uh, the Packers. And, of course, the 49ers have their issues, too. Yeah, and, and we can get into that a little bit. I mean, it's not issues. It's issues with a lot of S's on the end of that. I've never seen a team at this stage of the season have this many injuries. And I know the team that you're familiar with, the Chargers, seem to have these ongoing issues with injuries through the years. But, I mean, essentially losing your best defensive player, your quarterback, your Hall of Fame cornerback in Sherman, your potential Hall of Fame tight end. Uh, I think they were missing three or four running backs at this point. Who is left to play for San Francisco? Well, you, you haven't even mis-mentioned mis the area they've been hit the hardest. It's been on the defensive line with Nick Bosa out, Ezekiel Ansa, who they signed, out, Solomon Thomas out, and D Ford out. You could argue that's a pretty powerful starting offensive line across the defensive line across the league right there. And we're not even talking about them. But uh, Jimmy G is out Thursday at least. And we knew on Sunday he was going to be out. I didn't know that it would be for six weeks or what they're saying. I don't think he's going to need surgery. I think he'll be he'll be back this season. But the they may get some help at tight end uh, instead of George Kittle, who's going to be out. Uh, Jordan Reed, I think, is posturing to return. He, when he went out week six, they said six to eight weeks. I thought it was going to be closer to six and eight. His practice window opened up last week. Is he fully, fully ready? Maybe not, but uh, you know, being how shorthanded they are, I think he goes on Thursday. All right, so that's good news, especially if somebody needs a tight end in fantasy. That's big news for sure. Uh, uh, Dr. Chow, what, what happened to Kenny Galladay with the Lions on Sunday? I, I know he's been in and out of the lineup. It looked like he tried to come back into the game and then could not because he is a guy that is locked into everybody's fantasy lineups. He's made some of the most brilliant catches in fantasy this year. Yeah, well, he started the season with hamstring issues, and that was the delay getting started. And now this is a hip, soft tissue, muscle injury, non-contact. But I think it's going to be, you know, I don't think he's going to go on injured reserve, but he's also going to miss some time. So is it one week? Is it two weeks? Does he miss the third week? That's kind of the window that we're looking at for Kenny Galladay. Also at wide receiver, uh, Chris Godwin. And we didn't have a chance to see him, of course, on Monday night. The Bucks rallied to win that game against the Giants on Monday night without him. Do you think that it's a foregone conclusion that Godwin is back this week? I don't know if it's a foregone conclusion, but if I were rating some of the key question marks at wide receiver in terms of who's coming back first, Godwin would be ahead of Galladay. 
and Galladay would be ahead of T.Y. Hilton. Let's go to the Dallas Cowboys here for a minute. We uh, have seen so many issues with them all season long, Dr. Chad. When we found out the news yesterday that Andy Dalton uh, came down with COVID-19. So he is going to miss at least a week, maybe even more. Can the Cowboys bring another quarterback in at this point, Dr. Chow, or is it just the Ben DiNucci show the rest of the way? They cannot bring an outside new signing back in in time to play because they just found out on Tuesday and you need at least five days. Usually it's a six day to get through the COVID protocols. But what they could do and what they might do is uh, activate Cooper Rush from the practice squad because he's already in the building he could step in so their choice is either ben Denucci or cooper rush and it might be cooper rush right i mean we all saw that game i mean uh, feel for the kid Denucci clearly wasn't ready yet and and you know who can blame him how many rookies are but this isn't a really regular rookie season when there are a few if half the snaps in preseason are gone it's not like Denucci gets half his usual snaps Dak Prescott gets the snaps that he wants. Andy Dalton gets the snaps that he wants. And whatever's left over, Ben DiNucci gets. So he didn't get half the normal snaps. He probably only got less than 10% of the normal snaps. So how how do you blame a kid? Yeah, you can't. And, and look, he just really tough situation for somebody to have to go into in a losing situation also, uh, by the way. Okay, uh, at running back, the two names that we're waiting for returns on and I'd love updates in your, from your perspective would be Christian McCaffrey and Nick Chubb, two of the top 10 picks in fantasy football this season. What do we make of both of these guys? I think this is finally the week that Christian McCaffrey comes back. Now, is he going to get all his usual touches? That's a coaching decision, but I do think he is back this week. And Nick Chubb is not back this week. That's because they have a bye. But he'll be back next week, I believe, uh, Nick Chubb from the MCL. All right. And uh, we saw Odell Beckham Jr. on his team uh, essentially be out for the year. We'll have to see what the future lies with him. Uh, I I saw a report also the other day, and this is going to focus more uh, for us players, Dr. Chow, who are what we would call going against the Jets. It's a really smart idea to pick up the defenses that are going up against the Jets. But it does seem that when Sam Darnold is in the game, they're somewhat capable there was a discussion on Monday about he was he he said something along the lines of he's going to play through an injury. I want your uh, perspective on this. Are the Jets at some point, Dr. Chow, going to say, you know what, we're done. We're going to put him on the bench and wait for next year. Is this an injury he can ride out with? Because if he goes out and Joe Flacco comes back in in fantasy, it's time for us to pick up whoever's playing against the Jets from here on out. <laughs> Well, yes. First of all, Sam Darnold, and we posted at ProFootballDoc.com in real time in game. And Sunday evening, we talked about how Sam Darnold re-injured his shoulder, the same throwing shoulder, the same AC joint sprain. Just like Joey uh, Jimmy Garoppolo aggravated his same right high ankle, Sam Darnold ag- aggravated his same throwing shoulder. And what we said was, if the Jets go by the same pattern as before, which is we want him to be full go in practice 
get every one of his reps before he plays. He is not playing this week, mm. Monday, against the Patriots. Now, if they're willing to let him play when he's limited in practice, and maybe they've changed their mind or learned their lesson from last time, he will play. And the other thing is, you know, there's no question Joe Flacco is a veteran, but we talked about it in fantasy and other sports grid shows. You can't expect Joe Flacco to come in and excel. Even the great Tom Brady tried to practice all offseason, all summer, you know, in parks with his teammates to try and get good. And even he wasn't great the first game against the Saints. Joe Flacco wasn't activated off of injured reserve only a couple weeks ago. So he basically had no reps with his new team, even though he is a veteran. So it's just the game of football, especially a quarterback, just isn't that easy. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's wrap it up with this. Michael Thomas of the Saints. There's been a lot of scuttle on him back and forth with everything that's gone on with him this year. Maybe they're going to trade him, maybe not. I, I think that most would agree going into the season, he's a number one wide receiver in fantasy football. Maybe he's been passed up now by Metcalf. He's had a great year. Uh, 30 seconds left, Dr. Chow. Uh, Michael Thomas, what do you make of him rest of the season? I think this week is the first realistic will he or won't he play week. But last week and the week before, we talked about it. I didn't think it was realistic that he was going to go. This week is the first one. All right. Well, there you have it. Michael Thomas, in or out, going to have to wait like we do every week. And follow Dr. Chow at ProFootballDoc on Twitter. Probably the most important follow that you will make each and every week because you're going to find out who is hurt, who is not, who is in, who is out. And also, don't forget to go on over to OutKick, check out the column that Dr. Chow writes, listen to the podcast each and every week, become educated on injuries. It's really easy to do. Just follow Dr. Chow. Once again, thanks for coming on the show. We'll catch up again next week. Thanks, Greg. All right, Dr. David Chow with us as we take a quick break here on Fantasy Sports Today. More sports grid, more fantasy football talks. We head toward the Thursday night football game right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back, everybody, to Fantasy Sports Today right here on SportsGrid. And my next guest is one of my favorite people in the world he and I used to spend quality time on this network five days a week. Guess what? Everything old is new again because my boy and yours from the old on target team right here is back once a week talking sports with me, Joey P. And I'm very excited to have him. He's the one, the only Benny Ricciardi. Benny, welcome back, my friend. It has been far too long. This is a great reunion. I am so excited to have you on the show here every week. Yeah, it has been far too long, man. Look at that. Like back when we were doing the show the first time, you still had a little bit of hair. I still had a little bit of hair. <laughs> Way too long, man. Uh, I don't know about that. I think I was pretty bald then. I think you give me a little credit there. You, my friend, I see even in a few years, it's uh, the island is starting to become a little bit uh, <laughs> more disappearing as it will. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an island of misfit hairs at the moment, but we do what we got to do. <laughs> <laughs> you certainly do. And we're going to talk every week. We're going to do four downs with Benny. We're going to talk to him about, uh, obviously, some of the things going on in the NFL. We'll talk a little DFS side, a little wagering side, a little real football, a little everything. 
because that's what Benny and I do. And you can follow Benny on Twitter, of course, at Benny R11, which is the best place to get him. And check out the Benny show, too. I see he's got his own show named after him. He's super famous now. This is great. It's over on YouTube. Go check that out, too. Let's talk about the pack, the Packers, because this game is coming up real fast. And yeah. all of a sudden, uh, the Packers are basically without any running back. So you've got Aaron Jones out. You've got Dylan out. You got Williams out. And I like I had to go look at the names. OK, and I'm a football guy. You're a football guy. Tyler Irvin and Dexter Williams. That's all that it's left basically right now. So what does this mean here for this game against the San Francisco 49ers? The 49ers are beat up mm-hmm. and our obviously Aaron you know, Rodgers looked good in this last game despite the loss. It's Devontae Adams. It's him. We'll see what kind of moves they make, if any, at the trade deadline. But really, honestly, Benny, right now, how do you approach this team here with this running back situation? Because this is really difficult because coming off a loss, this is not really where the Packers want to be right now. No, not at all. And I don't really think anybody actually knows what's going to happen with the running back situation. So let's let's get that out there right away, because I know everybody sits around and says, all right, well, this guy's out. This guy's going to get the main carries and this guy's going to be the guy in charge. The one thing that I like to do, especially whether it's DFS, whether it's gambling, I don't want to try to be the guy who has the brilliant idea of what's going to happen in the unknown. Because as many times as you're right on that, you're wrong probably twice as many times. So I think all those guys are going to wind up getting some touches. I think Tyler Irvin is probably the guy who makes a little more sense to me there. Um, You know that he's going to be able to catch some passes and, and, and do some things there. I kind of remember a couple of years ago when they had Ty Montgomery out there. Yeah, he sure. just went they passed every single down and their passes were just like long handoffs where they would have him go out. I kind of feel like they're going to have to go back to something like that with the personnel that they have. And remember, this is not a deep team. Like this is not a team that has, you know, a ton of depth, that wide receiver. You got guys like Valdez Scantling and and St. Equinemius St. Brown and, you know, Alan Lazard, if he's good, like these are not top quality wide receivers out there outside of Devontae Adams. Again, I don't really know how the Packers are going to move the ball. The one thing I do know, Joe, and that we've seen the last couple of weeks is Aaron Rodgers is going to throw Devontae Adams the ball as often as he possibly yeah, can. Yeah, so, yeah. again, for fantasy this week, I mean, two weeks ago, this was a guy who had a 47 percent target share. That's insane. That's ridiculous. That's like stuff that you see in backyard football with <laughs> wide receivers. Like, you know, like that. that's just an unbelievable amount of throws that were going his way. And then even last week, last week, they made a concerted effort to kind of keep Devontae Adams from going off and having 16, 17 targets again. But when they got down into the red zone, whenever they got down into a situation where Aaron Rodgers really needed a play to be made, he went to Devontae Adams every time. So the one takeaway I have here with this game is you want to play Devontae Adams on Thursday if you're Mm -hmm. playing in any kind of those showdown tournaments or anything like that that's going on there. I'm going to be looking at Devontae Adams props numbers when they come out. I'm going to be looking at basically everything across the board because whatever they get from the running back here is just going to be gravy. Really, you got to look at, you know, how are they going to try to win this game? And to me, the only way that they're going to win this game is a heavy dosage, a heavy dosage of Devontae Adams. Yeah, I would agree with that. And you look real quick before we get our first down here. 49ers having a ton of issues here. Mullins is going to be playing here in this one. No George Kittle in this one. The running back situation is just a, a mash unit right now. Although anybody's been able to run through the Packers. I guess the question is, if you have to guess on somebody right now, who's your guess in the San Francisco 49er backfield to be that guy this week on Thursday? I mean, probably hasty. He's yeah. the guy that I'm probably going to be looking at here. At the very least, I think – see, I don't even know because Jerick McKinnon did get a goal line carry last week as well, but it was mm-hmm. late game, so I'm assuming that it was more just a, you know, kind of get him a little bit of work kind of thing there. But, um, yeah, it's having Coleman going down too. I feel like every week one of these running backs goes down. So, for me, it's going to be hasty. Uh, do I feel great about it? No, but 
you know, again, he's he's the best option that we have. This is a bad enough year. This is one of those years where, you know, the people who stood there and went with wide receivers early in their drafts and then wound up going in the in the later rounds and getting some of those running backs and waiting for some injuries. You know, that's that's a really viable strategy in season long fantasy this year. It didn't work out so much last year because the studs were basically studs. Mm-hmm. This year, a lot of those studs have fallen by the wayside. And, uh, you know, I think the zero RB strategy might be making a comeback. <laughs> yeah, you know what? And it'll be wrong because then next year, all the running backs will be great and everything will be completely different. All right, let's go to second down here. Let's talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars making a change as we get quarterback. They're going to Jake Luton from Oregon State. Uh, I don't know about you. I prefer my offenses Luton free. Yes, I'm a dad joke and I just made the dad joke and I'm going to do it because I can. But here's the thing now. Where does this leave the rest of the Jacksonville Jaguars fantasy pieces? Because James Robinson started off great. Had a little downstretch, then seemed to be making some headway again. It just feels like a weird timing to make a move like this. I don't understand it. I guess they're just trying to evaluate what's on the roster. They went to him instead of Glennon. But where does this leave Chenault? Where does this leave Keelan Cole? Where does this leave Robinson right now for you with this quarterback change? And is this a one-game look, or is this the rest of the season here, you think? Now, see, I have no idea whether it's a one-game look or the rest of the season. And frankly, John, I don't really care. I mean, we, <laughs> seriously, I mean, we talk about fantasy. We talk about betting. I want to talk about what's going on right now. Right now, whether you like Gardner Minshew or not, I can't imagine that the guys that have been backing him up since the beginning of the season are going to come in here and do any better of a job than he did. So when you mention all those guys that you're talking about, let's, let's take the wide receiver group and the, the pass catchers first. I can't imagine this is going to help the pass catchers. Now, are they going to probably throw more because they're going to be trailing? Yeah, most likely that's going to be the case. But, you you know, again, it's not like these guys are putting up massive numbers with Gardner Minshew, who we would expect to be a better quarterback here. So you got to think that with the new quarterback in there, they're going to they're going to be more conservative. They're not going to take as many shots down the field, which is one thing that Gardner Minshew did do. He did take some shots. He didn't mind throwing the ball down there again. A lot of times it ended in interceptions It ended in bad things going on, but he wasn't afraid to do it at least. I can't imagine that this is going to help any of the wide receivers. I would think that the volume is down for them. I would think that the production is going to be down for them because I can't imagine that they're going to have the same type of, you know, completion rate and completion percentage here. About the only guy that this could possibly help is James Robinson because they're going to have to lean on him. I mean, you're going to hope. Yeah, look, it is it is against Houston this week, so it's not like the Texans' defense has been good. So if you are going to make a change and give a guy a shot against the defense, it's probably one of those. I'm with you. I I think that maybe Robinson's the beneficiary, but I imagine right now you got to pull all your wide receivers and you're in season long fantasy. You can't you can't good you know nature pull out all those guys and, and feel good about starting them right. No, I mean, honestly, the the only guy that I have a little bit of interest left in still is uh, Chenault. And part of the reason for that is he's like one of those Swiss Army knife kind of guys. Yeah, he's a gimmick guy. You know, yeah. They may they may do some stuff where they line him up in the backfield, swing some passes out to him, you know, have him come around in motion, give him, give him a couple of rushes and, and runs that way. You know, things like that, little shovel passes. Like, those are easy completions for, for a young quarterback or for a quarterback who hasn't had a lot of experience. So you kind of want to get some of those things going. He's a guy that could benefit from that. But again, we, we talk about this all the time. Whenever you have a new quarterback coming in there, you can't run the whole playbook. You can't do all the things that you used to be able to do. And the production always seems to drop. Teams always try to protect them. Mm-hmm. There's always less attempts out there, less attempts, less completions, less yards, less chances for touchdowns. None of that's positive for fantasy. And then for betting, I will say this. For those of you on the uh, on the FanDuel side, for some reason, FanDuel still has Jacksonville, Plus seven, I think, as the number out there at like even money. 
Go and hammer that right now. They're going to lose by way more than a touchdown. <laughs> All right. We only got a couple minutes left. I want to get these two in. So obviously third down here, we've got a big matchup here with Buffalo and Seattle. You certainly mm-hmm. can throw on Seattle. We know wide receivers are putting up huge numbers every week. So that means digs. But who's the other guy? And my other question for you is the inverse is true of Buffalo. You can run on Buffalo, but who is that guy in Seattle? So give me the secondary guy for a wide receiver that you like. Is it Beasley? Is it Brown? And on the other side, what do you do with the Seattle running backs? Yeah, right now I think I'm going to go with Beasley. Um, you know, Brown's still not 100%. They're, they're still giving snaps to Gabriel Davis as well out there. So obviously Diggs is the number one guy I have the most interest in. But if I had to pick a secondary guy, it's going to be Cole Beasley. And for those of you who just threw up in your mouth, go look at Cole Beasley's numbers. <laughs> They've been good. Yeah, he's been putting Last up. week was down, but he's been good overall. You're right. The last couple of weeks, especially since, you know, the run game was a problem. Now, here's the thing. The run game was better last week. Beasley's production went down. Is that a trend? I think it is a trend because you got Zach Morris back right now. Um, that Zach Morris, Jesus Christ. Well, he, you they know what? Up. In all fairness, Zach he was doing summer school at Bayside. Right so in yeah. all fairness, he was still out there for a little while. <laughs> you got Zach Moss back here right now, which I also think is going to hurt. Um, it's also going to hurt Josh Allen. Now, I know he got in the end zone last week, but Moss is very different than Singletary. Moss is actually going to take some of those carries down by the goal line that had been going to Josh Allen just because they didn't trust Singletary being the uh, – the goal line back down there. But the more important back you want in this game is actually going to probably wind up being DJ Dallas right here. I do think that, I mean, we know that Carlos Hyde is basically out according to, you know, what the coaches had been saying about it's going to take him a couple weeks to get back here. So really we're just sitting on Chris Carson right now and he sat out practice. He doesn't look like he's going to be going now. Again, we're doing this on Tuesday. So there's still a couple days where maybe, maybe he gets himself in there to practice. Maybe he can play, but I thought DJ Dallas did a really good job last week. And with how good that passing game is, you're going to be seeing a lot of light boxes in there. So this is a guy that could have another pretty good game out there. At the very least, he's very likely to get a lot of snaps. All right. 30 seconds. Fourth down before we kick here. Tell me. Pats and Jets. It's in Jersey. Give me your pick. Are your Jets going to make you miserable and win a game against the Pats here? <laughs> probably. I hope not, but probably. Like, that is a Jet thing to do. The Jet thing to do is to go 0-7 and then beat the Patriots in 2020 when you're actually helping the Patriots by beating them. That is that is absolutely the Jet thing to do. So, unfortunately, I think that is what's going to happen. But I got to be honest. I mean, the Jets are what? Seven-point underdogs here? They are. At the home, they're a home team that's a seven-point underdog. I think they are, what, one in six against the spread right now or something like that. <sighs> Do you know what? Just I, I, I'm really happy. I want Adam Gase to go 0-16 <laughs> if he never, ever gets another job. Oh, that's Benny Ricciardi, everybody. Follow him on Twitter at BennyR11. Benny, always appreciate it, man. It's good to see you back here. We'll be right back after this. More Sports Grid, more fantasy sports today. Don't go anywhere. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back. And coming up this weekend, it's another week of pro football, another week of us breaking it all down for you. Of course, this weekend, make sure you tune in. Tons of college football. Pac-12 is back this weekend as well. A lot of in-game live shows for you. But, Joe, I know Sunday morning people are getting ready for fantasy football talk right here, 8 a.m. on SportsGrid. What's on deck this weekend? Well, what we've got, of course, is the Eric Young, the Matt Stryker, and, and me. 
Joe Pizapia also. I get to hang around with the cool guys for a couple hours and talk about fantasy football. We're going to go through all your starts and sits with the latest news and updates of everything going around. And obviously, every week it's been super helpful to have people like us doing that work for you. So you can plug yourself in here to Sports Grid and figure it all out. Plus, we're going to set your DFS lineups with you for FanDuel. We're going to go through every position, the value plays, the stacks, everything in between, the things you should fade, the good chalk, the chalk you should should avoid, and everything in between. But it was a very good week for the crew yet again, and a lot of fun. And we had a secret word, just like Pee Wee's Playhouse last week, which was also a good time. And that's why you tune in for the football, for the fun, to Fantasy Game Day, 8 a.m. Eastern, right here on Sports Grid, wherever you get your Sports Grid, go to sportsgrid.com so you can watch it on your TV, on your mobile device, all these different spots where you can watch us because basically we're taking over. We're just a hair above prestige worldwide in Step Brothers. That's how big we're getting, which is pretty huge. I think you'd agree. Wow, huge. Yeah, we yeah. Uh, we made the announcement today, and and we uh, now we're on Vizio TV. So anytime mm-hmm. you buy a new Vizio TV, we're right there for you. Those of you who are watching uh, on TV right now on Vizio, uh, you got a, you got our own app now on SportsGrid. So it's fantastic to be able to be part of Vizio as well. A lot of partnerships we have going on here. To learn more about them, check out our press releases over at SportsGrid.com. Okay, let's end the show with a little fantasy reality and get the ball rolling here with running backs in 2020. Joe, fantasy reality, there will be 10 1,000-yard rushers in 2020. We had 16 in 2019, we are on the border here of least all time, <laughs> fantasy or reality. Yeah, this is tricky because if you look at the leaderboard right now, it's some interesting names. It's names like Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and he's kind of halfway there, which is also a rhyme, and I understand that all in good time. But still, Todd Gurley on this list, and where is he really? I don't know. Kareem Hunt is going to start to lose some carries to Nick Chubb pretty soon. So this is a really strange situation because you have a lot of guys who would normally be contending for this who have been out with injuries who don't have a shot at it. Guys like Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, those guys are all done, like the usual suspects. Then you've got a bunch of guys who are in that conversation who are set to possibly lose some touches as the season goes on here. And then you got guys who have missed some time, not a lot, but some, and that makes it really dicey. So for me, honestly, Craig, looking at the landscape of this thing, the usage of running backs, where we are, and the guys that are kind of in contention right now, but I think are going to fade over the next couple of weeks in terms of what they could possibly do to reach that thousand yard level. I'm actually going to say that it's a fantasy. I don't think we're going to get 10. And that sounds like crazy talk, but I think maybe eight. Maybe nine if we push it, but 10 just going over the names. I don't know who those 10 names are. I know we went through who was going to lead the league in rushing, right? We talked about that, and those are some of the contestants there. Dalvin Cook's probably going to get 1,000, right? I think you'd agree with that. Clearly, Henry's going to oh, get yeah, no, there, there are some. Yeah, no, there's there are some. some. 10? Are there 10? 10? It seems like a lot. Yeah, I'm going to say fantasy also. The only thing that I would say is that the two names that you mentioned with a shot at that still are Chubb and McCaffrey, and that would change the game. If they come back and play and they're healthy for the final eight games and they get, uh, you know, they average 100 yards a game, they're going to get 1,000. But right now it only looks like about five or six. That's it. And I remember a day where they used to say a thousand yards in the NFL rushing. What does that really mean? Well, I guess it means a lot now because nobody gets there. It's uh, it's it's a different day and age with injuries, with timeshares for sure. And I, I don't know which way to go with this uh, next year. I know you and Benny talked about that, whether it's not taking the running backs or focusing on the top running backs. Well, if you focused on the top running backs, you failed. So I don't know that <laughs> focusing on the top guys next year is a success. I, I don't know. And- but what I do know is this. I, I think that the number you said is probably about right. I think it'll get close to 10. 
but I don't think we'll hit 10, which is a minus seven from last year. That's a big, big number. And even a guy like Alvin Kamara, right? He's in the 450 range right now already. And, you know, it's like even the guys who you think of as the top running backs, like Alvin Kamara doesn't get the kind of carry volume. He's doing his work through catching the football which is also kind of the evolution of this position too. And we're not only do we have multiple backs, but we have a lot of running backs who catch the football more than they do necessarily run. So it's, it is such a strange confluence of events where I think that the next year we'll get above that number again, God willing, hopefully everyone will be healthy and be able to do that. But this year it just seems strange. And you're right. You know, eight good games out of McCaffrey, <laughs> Joe Beck could do it and get those guys right back in that conversation. That's not out of the realm of possibility either. Yeah, I think that's the only shot for it. And a few weeks ago, it looked like two guys on Cleveland would get a thousand. Now you're just going to try to get one. It's it's really mm-hmm. amazing. All right, fantasy or reality? Let's move on. Last night, I know that a very odd timing of releasing all the Gold Glove winners during election night, but that's what they did last night. And I, of course, was paying attention to it. So one of the names that's really interesting is a guy that's headed to the Hall of Fame. I would say at this point, with the amount of Gold Gloves he has won, eight straight Golden Gloves. Mm-hmm. Last night for third baseman of the Rockies, Nolan Arenado, also one of the better hitters in baseball, too. Fantasy or reality, Joe, Arenado will win 10 straight gold gloves, which means he has to win two more. It would seem to me that if you said 15, I would say fantasy, but is 10 within reality here? Man, I didn't realize the streak was already up to eight. Just tells you how good he is. And and if you watch Nolan Arenado play, I mean, there's no doubt about this. He is such a fantastic all-around player, and that's why I'm sure a lot of teams would covet him. And I'm surprised somebody else wasn't more aggressive to get him. But again, maybe they were, and maybe just everything fell apart. Maybe deals were in place. But when the 60-game season happened and COVID happened, all that stuff by, went by the wayside. Maybe that's where we are. But Nolan Arenado, I think, is a reality. Two more times, sure. And that puts him in an incredible group, too. We're talking about guys like Keith Hernandez at 111. We're talking about guys like Ozzie Smith. We're talking about the elite-level defenders of all time at their positions. And look, third base, there's usually a couple guys that are pretty good with the glove. But Nolan Arenado is just so transcendent. It's hard to give it to anybody else. And it's not just the highlight reels. It's it's also the the incredible range that he has, too. I mean, he makes the highlight reel play, too. I guess a more fun question might be, could he reach Brooks Robinson with 16? That seems tough, but that would be the standard, the gold standard, if you will, at third base. So we'll do two fantasy realities. He get two for one today. Does he get the 10 in your mind, and does he reach Brooks Robinson? Reality on 10, fantasy on 16. No, I don't see that. Okay. I, I could see him getting a handful more. And and look, he's already moving ahead of Scott Rowland. Scott Rowland, to me, was one uh, of the best defensive great. third basemen that I saw play for sure. But um, I'm going to say uh, fantasy on, on Brooks Robinson, reality on 10 straight. No doubt about that. Is Rowland right, a Hall uh, of Famer for you? Uh, Arenado, right now? Close. No, no Rowland. Scott Rowland. Rowland eventually will be. It's going to take some more time, yeah, but he'll be. I think he'll so, get too. There. He was a great yeah, player, I think. There. He's, He's one of those guys player. in a few years. He'll keep moving up. Vizquel's got to get in first. You know, some other guys like in his category, I think, have to move up and get gotcha. there. Okay, Antonio Brown. Wow, I can't believe we are finally here uh, talking about Antonio <laughs> Brown. Realistically speaking, like, like it's been a year of unrealistic. Now we are realistically speaking. He's going to be on the field on Sunday for the Buccaneers. Prime they have time. not gotten great. They, they look. They have not gotten great wide receiver play. It's been guys that have been in, they've been out, they've been hurt, they've been good, they've been bad. It's been a mix. That's that's definitely the ca- the case. So, fantasy or reality, Antonio Brown will be the Bucks' leading receiver on Sunday. I guess we should quantify this a little bit more by saying, what do you want to go with here? Yards or catches? Or I'm sorry, yeah, yards or catches. Which one do you want to do? 
Uh, you want to just do fantasy points? Is that better? Is that the better way to that's put it? I think it makes the most sense. Yeah, he'll have the yeah. most fantasy points yeah. on Sunday. How about that? See, I'm not just here to be the pretty face. Every now and then I say something that's useful once in a while. Um, worth doing. Worth, <laughs> there you go. I'm going to say he is not because it's just the first game for him. And I can imagine there's some kind of dust. I mean, I think Antonio Brown will be useful, though. I really do. And Tom Brady, I'm sure, is really excited to have him because Tom Brady and him have worked together before. And I think it's just hilarious to me as Tom Brady continues to add all these pieces. It's like Tom Brady and friends in Tampa. It's like a sitcom from the mid-90s. This is a very weird thing. I don't know where we are right now, but this is it. Sunday night football, you're going to see Antonio Brown playing in a football game again with Tom Brady. And I think it's going to be better than people realize. I think he will have a play or two. I find it hard to believe he's going to be the biggest fantasy getter or like the guy who scores the most points. I imagine that will still be Evans, but who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Antonio Brown and Tom Brady put on a show. And you got to think, Tom Brady's looking for a little bit of revenge here. And isn't it funny, Craig, that this all got done and somehow he's on the field right before this game with the Saints that they were able to make this all magically work? What a wonderful story for the NFL and for Tom Brady and for the Bucks. We'll see how the ending goes to the story, but I'm going to say fantasy. He's not, but I think he's going to have a couple moments where you go, oh boy, I might have to have him in my lineup next week. And I guess that's the real question. Are you starting him this week? And I'll talk to Andrew Erickson about that uh, tomorrow. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great question. And, and I don't think that it's one that we can answer right now. I'm going to say fantasy, but I will say this. If Godwin does not play, I may change to reality because at that point, I don't trust Evans moving forward. I think Evans... I, I think the game we saw from Evans may be the best game we'll see the rest of the way. I, I don't know why he doesn't target those outside receivers as much. It's all everything from the inside. And I know that's what everyone said going into the year. But he also had Randy Moss in the past. He threw to him a lot on the yeah, outside. So. But you know what? I, I think part of it is on Evans. I think when you go and, and, you know, the NFL matchup show is a great show that ESPN puts out there where they really break down film. And there's not a lot of stuff like that out there. I mean, even NFL Network, God bless them, they don't do some of these breakdowns. And I saw a breakdown. They were talking about the separation that Evans is not really able to get anymore. And I think it's because of the hamstrings. I think of where he's at right now, just physically, he doesn't get the kind of separation to be open for those kind of throws. So that's why you see an even greater emphasis on those intermediate routes. And yes, that's what Tom Brady is at this point in his career for the last three years anyway. But I agree with you. I think that if he could get separation, you would see him take some shots. And I just don't think that's there right now for him. So we'll see if Antonio Brown is that guy has got that burst. Still, we'll see what's left in his tank. I don't know about you, but I mean, how is this not great television Sunday night, right? You get oh, yeah, these two division foes. You get Tom Brady, Drew Brees again. You get Antonio Brown back in the NFL. The NFL going like, oh, my God, what are we doing? You got Gronkowski on the field. I mean, what a collection of characters. If you could cast a Sunday night football team, I can't wait to see what the rating is for this game. Because I imagine it, do you think it could be the highest rated game since that first one? Because I think that first one was the most highest rated game of the season, correct? Yeah, probably so. Yeah. I, I think I'm not, this, this in terms of football, yeah, you see, I'm, what I'm not willing to do is guess anything until this election stuff is over, but it, provided that <laughs> it is, true. I think we'd be right. Yeah, I, I just think. Maybe we need a break so from it by Sunday so night. <laughs> <laughs> What's amazing to me about this, and and again, we we here on Sports Grid don't do uh, political stuff, and, and I'm so happy for that because I've never been one to do that. But the one thing that I would say about all of this, and for those of you who have a lot of your focus on there, of course it's important who ends up win winning the presidency. But at this point, it's not actionable, right? Like you can't control what's going to happen from here on out. Does it provide some good theater? Yeah, finding out who's going to win or lose, of course. But right here, we're giving you actionable information in fantasy, in gambling. We're telling you things that you could do the rest of the week. Yeah, you could sit back on your couch, 
have a drink, just continue to watch for the next five days, not know who your president's going to be, you may end up getting the winner of an NFL game or a college football game by watching somebody here on SportsGrid. So I would say focus on us for the next few days. <laughs> and enjoy That's our promo. What a promo. You should have been a... You should have been a pro wrestling promoter with that promo. That was amazing. Focus on us. Forget everything else. Just watch us. We're all that matter. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I understand the infatuation with it, but even in my own house, like I'm, I'm sitting here watching it. It's like on the back of the TV when, you know, in and out of doing things. And I say to my wife, mm-hmm. like, you realize that there's nothing at this point. There's like basically nothing that we could do at this point except for wait. And she's like, yeah, but I want to see. I want to see. And I, and I get that point. But for those of you who are into wagering and fantasy and sports, we are for you. We're telling you things that can happen on Saturday and Sunday. And by the way, those things may happen before this is all figured out over the weekend. So <laughs> oh I gotta God, say, it may be fun. So enjoy know. it while you can, right here with us here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. Okay, coming up next, it's time for the Sports Grid 60. One final thought here on the program. We'll be back on tomorrow's show again at noon. Andrew Erickson will join us if you're leaving us now. But if you're planning on staying for the next two minutes, you'll be rewarded, I promise. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. It's time for us to end our program with the Sports Grid 60. So you know what that means. A very deep and intense thought from Joe Pizzapia. So Joe, we'll start with you. Yes, I'm in full Professor Xavier bald man mode. Okay, so here you go. The NFL is talking about a COVID playoff contingency plan by, guess what, adding more teams. And who knows? What does that happen then? Do we get rid of all the buys? Do two teams have a buy? Does everybody play? And we just kind of plow through this thing? It's a lot of questions about this and whether or not they can pull this off or if it's the right thing to do at all. And what is this going to mean? There's so many questions. What happens to teams that have locked up spots already? If there are no buys anymore, then you're not going to see a lot of players week 16 and 17 if teams can't improve their position or their seating. And what does home field matter anyway if there's no crowd? There are so many questions with this thing, but there's another one too. The question is, can the Minnesota Vikings get back in it? Yeah, that's right. Craig says no, but I say maybe. I'm telling you, there's some W's in there, baby, and I'm going to go full Dick Vitale on you because if they add another team there, the NFC is not very good. And who knows, you win your three games against Dallas, Carolina, Jacksonville. You just split already. You're at seven wins. Anything could happen with an expanded playoff. Yeah, I I think so. Speaking of playoffs, uh, a few years ago, we were looking at the possibility of uh, Clemson facing off with Notre Dame in the college football playoff. Now, I understand that these were two different teams at that time, and, and what's now is not then, and what's then is not now. But the reality is, is that uh, Notre Dame came in as 20-point underdogs to Clemson, and Clemson beat them by 40. And this week coming up, Clemson doesn't have their starting quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. And, of course, you're paying the Notre Dame tax with Notre Dame getting six points, Clemson only being six-point favorites. Here is the difference between Notre Dame and everybody else. Somehow, Notre Dame at the start of every college football season is ranked in the top 10. Doesn't matter who, doesn't matter when, doesn't matter why. They're always ranked there. And the reason why is because they produce the most money of anybody in college football. I mean, they have their own TV contract. 
folks do not fall down this road with Notre Dame. They don't have athletes. They never do. They never will. How players in the NFL are the best players that went to Notre Dame? The answer is none. Chase Claypool, shockingly enough, actually looks like a guy potentially that could be better in the pros than he was in college. Won't fall for the trap this week. It's Clemson. That'll do it for the show. We'll see you tomorrow at noon. Great day, everybody. Fantasy Sports Today. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.